Welcome everyone to the Weekly Horror Podcast. Welcome back. We are your hosts. My name is Brandon. And I'm Gabriel. And we're just jumping right back into a good old Jeffrey Dahmer. Because why the fuck not? Yay. Where we last left off, Jeffrey Dahmer was living in Wisconsin. He was Wisconsin. And he got his job at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. And it's only going to get worse from here. So, soon after getting his new job at the Chocolate Factory, Jeffrey would begin going to Milwaukee Gay Bars, where, for the most part, he would just sit at a table and drink alone while watching other men in the club. Things took another odd turn with Jeffrey when his brother David came by to see him for a few days. During this time, the two shared a bed, and at one point, Jeffrey tried to make a move on David, who completely rejected him. Oof. So he tried to fuck his brother. That's cool. Why, though? Because this man is fucked up. Fair enough. Though, eventually, Jeffrey would find the bathhouses in Milwaukee. One he frequented the most, called Club Bath. He discovered he didn't much care for reciprocating anything he got back. He would get annoyed when his partners wanted anything from him. Which led him to the old Bill Cosby route. Drugging his sexual partners... Of course. Jeffrey would go to his doctor, telling him he was having trouble with his overnight shifts at the chocolate factory, and he received many doses of the sleeping drug known as Halcyon. Oh, shit. He would head out to the club bath with a pocket full of pills and place them into men's drinks he'd buy for them. Once the man was showing signs of the drug taking effect, he would take them back to a private room and assault them. Though it wasn't until he caused the man to overdose and fall into a coma, he was no longer allowed into club bath. So they probably had an inclination of knowing what he was doing. Yeah, I, they they definitely did. Uh, I read that for the most part they knew, but they couldn't really do anything at the time because the cops are going to do nothing but fucking ruin everyone there if they call him. True. So they pretty much just had to wait until... You'd like, think they would have their own way of protecting their own patrons. I mean, I think they, they kind of did. It's just one of those things where it's like, it would be a bigger thing than it they needed it to be if it was like, we think he's doing something, but we don't know. But once they know that he's doing something, they'd be like, okay, now you need to leave. Fuck. <clears throat> that sucks. No, this, this didn't stop him for long, as Jeffrey quickly found another hunting ground in Club 219. Almost right, that's 119. There he would again drug men he'd buy drinks for. This time taking them to the Ambassador Hotel to assault them instead of a private room in the club. Though he quickly learned that even though this wasn't enough for him, his next idea was to secure himself his own corpse. For days he checked on obituaries for that special summon. Ooh, gotta make it special. Mm, where's my special corpse? When Tinder wasn't invented yet. She had to find some Check other way. Ooh, <laughs> she's still looking thick. And he, she, she died too, fresh. Oh, he died. Freshy. Mm, fresh. Mm. Eventually finding 18-year-old boy, Jeffrey attended the boy's funeral and followed the procession, keeping an eye on where they were burying him. He then came back the next night to dig him up, but the ground was frozen solid. Jeffrey quickly abandoned that idea. <laughs> That's a good thing. Oh my god. I know, just... What a fucking dumbass. Let me try this. Oh shit. I don't have the muscle to do this. 
Then in September of 1986, he would be arrested for masturbating in front of two 12-year-old boys. Though Jeffrey tried to write it off as one big misunderstanding. No. There is no misunderstanding on what the fuck he was doing. No, you don't say. He claimed he was having a few beers alone in the park when he needed to pee. And seeing as how he thought he was alone, decided a good idea to masturbate as well. <laughs> the two kids were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. See, at that point you should have put it back in. But you didn't, did you? Just just imagine that, that mindset like, well, I got pee. There's no one here. So I might as well just jerk off too. Like... Who's gonna uh, hear that and be like, oh, yeah. No, I... I... I, Every Tuesday, dude. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, I have that exact same problem. 5 p.m. Central Park. It's at one bench. I'm there, pissing, and then just taking advantage of the time. Because no one ever comes by that part at 5 p.m. No, of course not. <laughs> For this, Jeffrey was ordered to undergo counseling on top of a suspended one-year sentence. Though he was reluctant to talk to his therapist for fear he may divulge more than he'd like, she was able to get enough out of him to say the following, quote, There is no doubt at this time he is a schizoid personality disorder who may show marked paranoid tendencies, end quote. Hmm. 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 So saw this and still did nothing. Yeah. That sucks. Ugh. <sighs> Every adult back then was fucking useless. Why is it every time a serial killer goes to like a psychiatrist or something, they never do anything, even though they all write down shit that's like completely obvious that there's something wrong with this person? Yeah. Like, hey, um, you should uh, keep an eye on him. Oh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on him, all right. Get out of here, little kid. Five years later. Oh, you mean he did what? Oh no, he was such a good boy. I don't I don't know what happened. Says you you were there when the therapist told him to the he was fucked up. Oh wow. Well. Oh, yeah, I was I was just so I was wasted. I'll be real with you. I was wasted. <laughs> Fucking hell. On September fifteenth, nineteen eighty seven, Jeffrey would be at Club two nineteen, trying his hand again at drugging men inside. You think by now it also would have become common knowledge that hey be careful about Dahmer. He has to drug everyone. I guess word didn't spread that much. Well, maybe it did, and people just didn't care? Maybe. Maybe they didn't believe it, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a rite of passage. <clears throat> I mean, there was no internet, so... Everything spreads by word of mouth, so if word of mouth doesn't get around... True, true. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> what are you gonna do? This was, what, 70, 80 years ago? Um... Mm. Maybe 90? Like, 40. 40. Yeah. Yeah. There he would unfortunately meet Stephen Toomey. Toomey, I think. Toomey. Stephen was drugged, and after taking him back to the Ambassador Hotel, hotel where Jeffrey assaulted him, after which Jeffrey would beat him to death so hard Stephen's chest had caved in and Jeffrey's arms were covered in bruises. Jeffrey tried to claim he'd simply gone to bed after the sexual assault and woke up to him dead. But obviously that wasn't the case. 
Jeffrey could, would leave the hotel room to buy a large suitcase. He stuffed Stephen's body inside the inside and hailed a cab back to his grandmother's. Once there, he put the suit in the basement and went to his room in the body to rot for a week in a suitcase. Damn. Yeah. After that week, Jeffrey decided now it was the time to dispose of the, vic- of the evidence. He cut the body to pieces, removed the organs, and smashed the bones into pieces. The remains were left on the road for trash collection the next day. Though the body was never discovered, his cover was almost blown when a grandmother noticed a horrible smell coming from the basement. She called Lionel over to help find the source. The source of the smell in question was a rotting piece of human flesh Jeffrey had missed. Though he told his father it was from a dead animal, his father believed him, only remarking that Jeffrey should retire his animal de- dissection hobby at some point soon. Yeah, that's the most fucked up thing, is, like, how many of his victims are, um, left on the side of the road to be picked up by the trash. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. About a month later, Jeffrey would find his next target outside of Club 219. 14-year-old James Doxator. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's when we get into the pedophiles. Yeah, yeah. James was approached by Jeffrey with an offer of $50 to come hang out with him, which he quickly took. By 4 o'clock a.m., James announced it was time for him to leave, and Jeffrey offered to make him an Irish coffee before he left. As he made the drink, he crushed five sleeping pills and mixed them in. James was asleep within minutes. Jeffrey then strangled Stephen to death, stuffed him in the closet, and went upstairs to have breakfast with his grandmother. After she left for church... Jeffrey went back downstairs to Stephen's body. He brought it into one of the upstairs bedrooms to talk with it before having sex with the corpse. He kept Stephen's body in the basement with him for a week before his grandmother again complained of the smell. In the same way he disposed of the last body, he disposed of Stephen's, keeping the head to later bleach the skull and leaving the rest of the remains out for trash collection. Damn. Necrophilia. To the max. Yeah, ne- oh my god. Cannibalism, necrophilia. Pedophilia. Pedophilia. What yeah. hasn't he done, basically? Um, be normal? Yeah. Only four days later, he would take another victim. 23-year-old Richard Gu- Guerrero? I think it's like Guerrero. Guerrero, by the way. Meet him outside a bar. Jeffrey invited him back home where he would meet the exact same fate Stephen had. Once again, Jeffrey kept the victim's head and disposed of the other remains. This time he didn't bleach the skull, opting to let it rot in his room within with him. A bad. Gross. This is three bodies now that have been picked up by trash collection, by the way. You think someone will have noticed something? I guess in Wisconsin, they don't really give a shit. Nope. For some reason, Jeffrey didn't murder his next victim, which is very odd. Good for that guy, I guess. I guess sometimes that happens, though. They just don't always kill. They don't want to. Sometimes you just can't finish. Jeffrey met 23-year-old Ronald Flowers Jr. at Club 219, drugged him, and brought him back home to assault him. But for whatever reason, Jeffrey decided to drag Ronald's unconscious body out to a field afterwards. Ronald would report to the police that they found, found they could not prove the accusation and didn't charge Jeffrey... Though the police investigation was too much for his grandmother to handle, and she kicked Jeffrey out of her home. Fuck. In the hell. 
Yeah! Fun times. Fun, fun times is all I have to say. Not even a day into his new apartment, Jeffrey was out looking for his next victim. He approached 13-year-old, and I'm so sorry, I'm going to butcher this name. I could not find out how to pronounce it in time. Somsak Synthosomphone. I apologize. And he told him he was offering $50 to new models to let him take some pictures. Somsak took took his offer. At Jeffrey's apartment, he made him a sleeping pill-laced coffee, but the boy only sipped it, which led to him being able to grab his things and flee after Jeffrey began giving him the bad touch. Ooh. The next day, Jeffrey was arrested at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. As Jeffrey waited to make bail, the police searched his apartment. Unfortunately, they were unable to find the skull of Richard Guerrero and only found his camera, the pictures of Samsag he'd taken, and the sleeping pills. After he made bail, he left his apartment and went back to his grandmother's after promising to clean up his act. Though immediately after moving back in, he obtained another refill of Halcyon and was back on the streets looking for his next victim. Oh, fucking gosh. Yeah, I love how this doctor is like, this doctor has to know he was arrested and like he's got like this shit going on. He's just like, oh, you need more sleeping pills? Here you go. Yeah. Here you go. At the gay ball, La Cage Ox. I don't know how to fuck this. I think it's like La, La Cage Al Fole. I think. At the gay ball, La Cage, <laughs> he approached Anthony Sears with the, with the promise of drinks, a photo shoot, and a hookup. All in one, damn. All in one, baby. Once at his place, he laced another Anthony, another drink, Halcyon, and waited till Anthony was unconscious before the st- strangling him to death. The next morning was Easter Sunday, which gave Jeffrey even more time with the body while his grandmother attended an extended service. He brought the body to to the upstairs bedroom to dismember. Again, he kept the head, but this time also kept the genitals. Ow. Even going as far as to call local taxidermists to get tips on preserving animal remains. He was told that acetone would do the trick, so, on with the 10-gallon bucket brought from Ace Hardware, he filled it up with acetone and water and preserved the head and genitalia in it. After he removed them from the bucket, he applied makeup to both parts to help him better masturbate them too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the man's fucked it. I don't know if you can tell, I'll tell, but... My man's kind of fucked up. Yep. Jeffrey kept these kept these with him until his trial came up. Knowing he couldn't keep them in the in his room while he was in jail, he stuffed them in the bag and kept the bag in his locker at the chocolate factory. That's just sitting there at the chocolate factory while he's in jail. Nice. nice. I think someone would have checked or nah. smelled something. Nah. You're right, it's the chocolate factory. There's too many Oompa Loompas. <laughs> at his trial, he was found guilty of second degree sexual assault. Dahmer tried to put the blame on his depression and isolation, but the DA saw through him and tried for a five-year sentence. Though, unfortunately, the judge gave him a one-year work-release program and a five-year probation. No fucking course they did. Lionel would write a petition to the court to increase his sentence, pleading with them to make Jeffrey go to treatment for his alcoholism, but he was ignored. Of course. And on March 2nd, 1990, Jeffrey would be free. 
he would rent Unit 213 at the Oxford Apartments, where his final murders would take place. And that's where we'll pick back up. No, anymore. Conclusion. Tell me more now. Everyone dies. The end. Thank you, thank you, Grandma. I love the story. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that was part two. Good part two. Oh, yeah, great. It's only gonna it, it's only gonna get worse. Part three is the worst of it all. So be ready for that. But um, yes. Mm, hopefully, I enjoyed it. If you don't, we understand why too. Stay tuned for part three. See y'all next week. Hail Satan. This will be. Take care. Fuck you.